Welcome to the Sugar Science Podcast. Our mission is to highlight and connect researchers in the type 1 diabetes space. I'm Monica Wesley, your host for today's podcast. And today I have the uh, distinct pleasure. I don't even know where to begin here. Um, I <laughs> We are speaking with a scientist who's coming to us from University of Pittsburgh, Alok Juglakar, PhD. And he has a long history of being a scientist starting out um, with, he got his MSc in uh, Biotechnology Institute for Bioinformatics and Biotechnology University of Pune, India. Then from there, he went to UCLA um, and he was in the department of, um, well, let's see here, immunology and microbiology, immunology and molecular genetics, and then for a postdoc at Caltech. So now he is the uh, he's the assistant professor immunology core member at the Center for Systems Immunology. He's joint faculty at the Department of Computational um, and Systems Biology at University of Pittsburgh. Welcome, Alok. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, Monica. It's a pleasure to be here, and I'm I'm very glad for the opportunity to discuss my work. Yeah. Well, you had a really awesome paper come out recently, and so we're really gonna, we're excited to dig into that. But in the Meantime, I wonder if you can talk a little bit about your scientific interests. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so my lab at University of Pittsburgh focuses on studying um, studying T cell responses in various disease contexts. Um, as uh, as you might be aware, T cells are an incredibly important part of our immune system. Uh, really, T cell deficiencies in an immune system can can thoroughly cripple the uh, the immune system. So. The goal of my lab is to to take systems bio or systems immunology approaches to studying T cell immune responses, and we we want to study them from the point of view of how how is the balance between a healthy and a dysfunctional immune system maintained. Uh, so some of the focus areas right now for our lab are uh, where we have a project that's looking at uh, SARS-CoV-2 specific um, T cell responses, as that's uh, that's a more contemporary um, topic, uh, but a large part of uh, what we um, what we focus on are uh, are is to look at um, autoreactive T cell uh, immunity in type one diabetes uh, and other autoimmune diseases. Um, and the other facet of what our lab does is try to engineer T cell immune responses in order to sort of manipulate them to to do the kind of function that we want them. So in case of autoreactive T cell responses, it would be suppressing autoreactivity, whereas in case of anti-tumor or antiviral T cell responses to boost the uh, boost the overall immunity. Yeah, <clears throat> well, you make it sound really easy, but I know it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I guess so as a recap, we have sort of, uh, you've, you've got T cell antigen discovery technologies. That's, you know, you, you're understanding the targets of T cell responses. You're diving into immunotherapy using engineered cells that you just talked about, mm -hmm. and you're also doing systems and synthetic immunology, a huge bandwidth over there, but not, not really in a way, because you're really focused on the T cell um, yeah. life cycle, if you will, right? Right. So yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so what's going on in your lab then? What are you guys up to these days in the laboratory? Yeah. So a large part of my um, lab is uh, is doing uh, what we're calling T-cell antigen discovery. So, you know, our, our bodies have millions and millions, in fact, billions of T-cells. And 
there are millions of unique T-cell clones, each having their own T-cell receptor. Um, and the specificity uh, that that particular T-cell gets is provided by their T-cell receptor. Now, as you can imagine, that means that we have millions and millions of different specificities that our entire immune system recognizes and, and combats. Um, but we know very, very little, just the tip of the iceberg of what actually is it that our immune system is recognizing. Yeah. Um, and that's largely been challenging because uh, the techniques to identify these, uh, these T-cell antigens uh, or T-cell epitopes have been relatively underdeveloped. Uh, so yeah. what my research uh, in uh, when I was at Caltech, uh, we worked on a, a T-cell antigen discovery technique, um, which we call um, signaling and antigen presenting bifunctional receptor or SABR for short. Um, that allows us to, to take a given T-cell or a T-cell receptor and to, to screen that T-cell receptor against thousands of epitopes in order to identify, really fish out which epitope that T-cell receptor recognizes. And we're uh, in the lab right now, we're doing that on, on, an, on an entire immune response as a system. So we're doing that in the context of type 1 diabetes um, as a large focus of our, our research. And so uh, are you predominantly using mice then for this, um, for this effort? Yes, that is correct. Uh, currently, we are using the non-obese diabetic or non-mouse uh, model for this, but uh, our plan is to, you know, establish a lot of these systems in the non-mouse model and then uh, use that knowledge and that that ability uh, to then translate it to human studies where we can look at uh, human uh, or islet infiltrating T cells from uh, human type 1 diabetes patients. And so let me ask, just ask you, as these, um, you've got your Sabre platform and mm -hmm. it's kind of, you know, it's used to screen the T cells. Do you see any change in sort of the TCR, the T cell receptor as disease in the, in the body of um, T cells that are in the patient or even in the mouse? as the disease progresses, or do they, are they, you know, basically responding different ways? Uh, I mean, you imagine it would, right? But I, I wonder to, if you could comment. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. And that actually um, fits in quite well with our, uh, our systems analysis of T-cell responses. Uh, so one of the, one of the things that's difficult to address uh, experimentally is to do any longitudinal studies on T-cell responses, right? Because let's say in not mice, when we have to get islet infiltrating T-cells, we have to sacrifice the mouse. So we cannot do really any longitudinal studies. So we're bringing in um, a lot of the computational biology expertise that's, that's available at Pitt, as well as our collaborators uh, outside Pitt um, to, to perform single cell RNA sequencing on islet infiltrating T cells from nod mice, and then integrating multiple data sets over, over the disease progression and try to address that very question that how does the overall T cell landscape change over time? So what happens at the stage of disease initiation versus disease, you know, full-blown disease progression uh, we're, we're trying to address uh, those questions right now.
Yeah, that's really exciting work. And I think, um, you know, because sort of the the very simplified version is, you know, and sort of, I guess, in the patient's world, okay, you have one autoantibody, now you have two, now you're progressing to three, and now you have full-blown type one diabetes. So, I mean, it does just seem, it just seems that this is something is, uh, there is a progression and things are changing and they're dynamic. So I think it'll be really interesting to, to see how that works. I also um, spoke the other day to a company, um, Alex Coggill was uh, representing a company called Immuni, um, you know, and they are uh, based in Tel Aviv in New York and San Francisco, and they are actually going to be trying to use um, you know, um, artificial intelligence to decipher this mm -hmm. same question, right. In, in right. both in different, uh, immune states. So I, yeah. I like the fact that many different people are moving in this direction, many different scientists, not people, but so right. that's kind of exciting. What about, um, you know, let's talk a little about, about your paper. This was such a cool <laughs> paper. And basically it was T-cell antigen discovery ver, uh, via signaling and antigen presenting, presenting bifunctional receptor, Nature Methods 2019. Mm -hmm. Congratulations, Nature Paper, Thank that's you. awesome. But so what, can you talk to us a little bit about this bifunctional receptor concept? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we, in uh, so I was a postdoc in uh, David Baltimore's lab at Caltech and we were one of the things that we were thinking about as a lab is how can we identify the, the epitope of a given T cell? Uh, just based on its receptor sequence, it's impossible to tell. And we know that epitopes are presented on MHC molecules. Um, as, so what a T cell receptor sees is a peptide MHC complex. Um, and each T cell sees a different epitope. So we thought that one of the ways we could, we could do this is what if we devise a way in which we can identify if a given peptide MHC complex is actually recognized by a T cell receptor? Mm. So if there's a way to flag a cell, if it's recognized by a T cell uh, or a T cell receptor, then we can downstream process that cell and identify what's the antigen that was presented on that cell. Yeah, it makes sense. And so, so that's where we uh, constructed this um, signaling and antigen presenting bifunctional receptor or SABR, uh, which is really a peptide MHC complex. And then we just added a signaling domain downstream of the peptide MHC complex. So now what that allows us to do is in its native form, a peptide MHC complex doesn't have uh, any signaling capability, but by adding the signaling capability, we basically make it into a into a readable flag right so when it interacts with the t-cell receptor it transmits a signal downstream of the uh, antigen in the antigen presenting cell now we can build a library of tens of thousands of antigen presenting cells each presenting different antigens and only the the cell that's recognized by a given t-cell receptor will be flagged as recognized through the through the saber signal, yeah. um, so that's the uh, that's the sort of logic behind this. And so you're kind of mining for responses, right? And and in the case of type one diabetes, you know, errant responses. So right. Let you know. I also had an interview recently with uh, Anil Bouchon. One of his, his hypotheses is that the um, 
the islet cells, actually the beta cells become senescent and they don't get cleared properly from um, the islet. And then this is where the immune system has a problem. Yeah. Can you talk about, um, you know, how, how you're, how this, uh, you know, could interface with what you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm, I'm familiar with, uh, with the, the excellent paper that described um, the, sen the beta cell senescence and its clearance being important. So I think where we can sort of complement that would be uh, if we have, uh, you know, we, we build libraries of, uh, of epitopes or antigens that we screen against given T cell receptors. So let's say we have a library that's specific for beta cells. Um, we can build a library that's specific, specific for senescent beta cells, which would be, you know, sort of relatively, I would say, high priority antigens, if you, uh, if you will. And that's how we might be able to distinguish between the, the antigens that are recognized by senescent versus non-senescent beta cells and see if that could be a basis for clearance. Well, it sounds like a, a great collaboration. Sounds like a grant waiting to be written. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Um, so yeah, that's really that's a really fun project. And then I wondered, you know, this is sort of out there, but you know, is there a chance that um, you know these bispecific antibodies could be used to bind yeah. the errant beta chain or B chain that's uh, recognizing the T1D autoantibodies? And when I talk about the B chain, I'm talking about that in the TCR, the T cell receptor. Yeah, that's that's an intriguing possibility. Um, typically, bispecifics have been used to initiate an immune response rather than uh, suppress an immune response. So I'm not sure whether, you know, the initiating function of bispecifics would be appropriate for type 1 diabetes because you want to reduce inflammation or uh, infiltration of T cells in the islets. Uh, but the targeting of the, the aberrant TCR beta chains uh, is definitely uh, an intriguing possibility. But I think we need to do more in terms of, you know, identifying uh, what are the specific beta chains that might be uh, might be enriched in, in islets or enriched in islets uh, over disease progression. Um, and in fact, one of the ways that we are trying to address uh, this issue um, is to, to take the same Sabre receptor that we have and use it as almost like a targeting device uh, to target not just the beta chain, but the entire T cell receptor. Um, and then sort of to induce using engineered um, regulatory cells and engineered suppressive cells uh, to induce suppression towards uh, aberrant uh, TCR beta chains that might be recognizing autoantigens. It's, I've read some, you know, kind of um, interesting things. You know, the beta cell, uh, like any cell, can use MHC1, right, to interact with the immune system, but they can sometimes use MHC2. They can almost like act as uh, an APC. Yeah. And so that's weird, isn't it, that they can kind of toggle in between those states? And I mean, do you think that has any, um, you know, anything to say about how... Um, how they interface with the T cells? Yeah, that's that's a that's a very interesting question, and I must say that I'm not uh, I'm not very familiar with uh, with the literature of uh, MHC two on beta cells directly. Um, I know that MHC two on antigen presenting cells in the lymph nodes has uh, 
has the if uh, or has uh, or is important for activating um, autoreactive T cells. Uh, so that's definitely, I mean, the antigens that would be presented on those uh, class two MHC on beta cells would be uh, certainly of high importance for uh, for autoreactivity. Uh, but now, we would need to look more in detail into that. A whole nother screen, basically. <laughs> I yeah. Think. So um, I just wondered, um, you know, can you talk a little bit about, you know, what we talked about offline, you know, conceptually? Um, could you, could the Sabre platform, could it be used like the, uh, like a chimeric antigen receptor, use the antigen itself um, to do some suppression? Yeah, absolutely. Um, in fact, we have a we have an ongoing study that's uh, that's funded by uh, the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation that uh, that is trying to address these questions. Where uh, because we know sabers are incredibly antigen specific, because each saber presents really just one defined antigen, and we know that because they have a signaling domain, they can act like chimeric antigen receptors. Uh, what we're trying to do is if we have an autoreactive CD4 or CD8 T-cell, can we target its T-cell receptor with its cognate saber? And then that saber would be then uh, introduced into something like a regulatory uh, T-cell, which would then be able to suppress this autoreactive um, T-cell. Um, so it's a it's an it's a very incredibly antigen specific way of inducing suppression, um, but we are testing whether whether it will work, uh, you know, in vitro or not first, and then we'll move into uh, mice. Uh, there are similar studies that that have been uh, out there. There is a, a recent paper that came out that uh, uses a similar um, construct car called Five M Car, um, and that engineers uh, primary mouse T-cells that then suppress autoreactive uh, T-cells in nod mice. Uh, so we're sort of thinking along uh, those lines with, with some, some differences. Hmm, that's interesting. Are those, is that group also at Pitt? It's not at Pitt. I cannot remember right now off the top of my head where that group is, but- That's fine. Uh, I'll, not I'll, I'll hunt them down for my next interview. <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's, there, there's so many, um, I mean, it seems that this platform has so many um, experiments to do with it. And I mean, I just wonder, are you looking for new students to join your lab? What kind of projects are available? Maybe just sort of give a little thumbnail sketch about uh, Pitt. I know that Pitt is a, is a huge powerhouse in terms of computational work and, um, you know, the immune system. There's also a big T1D um, center there too. So yeah. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so we're uh, we're so my lab um, is is definitely always looking for talented students and talented postdocs uh, to join us. Um, and um, as I mentioned before, sort of the two branches of my lab are uh, this T cell antigen discovery and systems uh, T cell analyses and the immunoengineering with uh, trying to man manipulate the immune system in an antigen specific way. Um, and we have projects available in both those arms for uh, type 1 diabetes, but we also have other autoimmune diseases that we are looking at. Um, and if uh, if there are any um, 
prospective graduate students who are listening to this, um, I would highly recommend them to uh, to apply to our PIT Microbiology and Immunology program, or PMI for short. It's uh, it's it's a it's an excellent graduate program. Uh, we take really good care of our students, and uh, the students get an opportunity to interact with world-class scientists. They they're given all sorts of um, opportunities for career development, training. Uh, they have virtually unlimited access to expertise that's available, uh, whatever they want to learn, computational biology, mouse models, um, translational medicine. We, we, we have it all uh, here at, uh, at Pitt. Um, so I would, I would definitely recommend that. Well, that is really great to hear. I've heard so many good things about Pitt, really, um, especially sort of in the last, I guess, month or so. I've had a lot of conversations with scientists there, and uh, every single one has been really bullish on their experience there. And um, so that's that's really great. Yeah. Well, I I'm going to say that uh, I'm really interested to see what next, uh, what papers come from your lab next, and uh, watching this really interesting technology as it evolves and interfaces with the autoimmune. Uh, landscape, I guess, as we want to call it. Mm -hmm. um, so thank you again, Alok. Thank you so much for talking with us. You're welcome. It's a pleasure. Thanks for having me.